Welcome to the Crafts Podcast. Um, my name is Kerrigan, and I'm here with Ron. Um, this is a new podcast about um, witchcraft and the occult. Uh, we're going to do a first version of this in English. There will be a version in Portuguese as well. We are going to talk about uh, witchcraft, um, and Ron is a priest of the Alexandrian tradition of witchcraft, um, and we're going to talk about some of the views that uh, our tradition or how we uh, understand um, certain things within the, you know, the questions that are made to there to us. So there's a couple of questions that sometimes come out of um, our websites or uh, sometimes the Facebook groups. So uh, this is the platform to answer them, I think. Blessed be, Ron. <laughs> Blessed be. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. yeah. So go, go, uh, uh, did I forget anything else? That think that I... I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, I do believe uh, there's an interesting little question that came out on one of the... I can't remember if it was via Facebook or whether it was personal conversation. Mm -hmm. But it is an interesting kind of... Uh, um, observation in the history of the craft uh, a lot of emphasis was put on the high priestess mm -hmm. and uh, the development of the high priestess in the circles mm -hmm. um, you could see it throughout Neowicca and in a lot of the post conceptions of what the craft is mm -hmm. but of course we know that in the Alexandrian tradition this is not necessarily the case mm -hmm. we have a very well developed place for the priest inside mm -hmm. the circle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be interesting maybe to have a bit of a discussion on how it is different mm -hmm. within the Alexandrian tradition for a priest specifically. Mm. Well, I think um, it, it's a very good question, actually, because, you know, if you look at the other the other traditions and especially, you know, uh, there are some some other traditions that take this to the extreme. Right. So mm. um, and this is the Dianics um, where the role of the women are pretty much. And it's 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 said that it is a mystery tradition for women. So <laughs> there. But uh, and of course, the Dianics come a little bit later than the Gardnerians and and um, <laughs> while later um but it, mm. it is ingrained into this idea of the high priestess rules the coven um and um and of course you know this is connected also with uh, the old laws of the craft and you know how that uh, you know because of the um idea of the of the matrix meaning um the mother matrix right so she mm. is the one who is or gives birth to creation and this is why it is very interesting because the, then then the high priestess turns into not turns into that's a panel what she's a represent yeah <laughs> she is a, she turns into um <laughs> no she, well, at she least is a representative right, yes she is a representative of the goddess and and that's why yeah. and uh, you know of course you know the 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 thing is that then this is taken again out of context and into the extreme um and and of course you know i do believe that that's you know you you should see uh, that uh, happening in the Gardnerian tradition and coming sipping in into other traditions as, as well, um, because you know uh, the Gardnerian tradition was actually in, in influenced um, yeah. majorly, right? Um, later movements of, of Wicca within. You know. I suppose also the fact that it is a goddess worshiping the goddess is such a prominent 
part of the craft right where i think people it was so different from what was happening in other religions and other magical systems right. that the emphasis got thrown onto that but um, it almost completely landed up being um, a little bit myopic onto that i yes. think in a lot yes. of ways and i think a lot of priests outside of trained priesthood in initiatory systems mm -hmm. um, couldn't really discover their place in right. the craft. You know, yeah. you hear it quite often that people say, Yo, you know, it's a very hard religion for men to, to find themselves in, which is, of course, not true. It's just the way it's perceived in some right. avenues. Right, know? right. Mm -hmm. So the, I think as well that, uh, you know, as everything, Right. with everything that it is absolute, absolute um, mm. is really not a very good thing in the craft <laughs> to think about. Yeah. Um, so there is absolutes, right? So the absolutes um, bind you to the ideas of this or that. And this is one of the absolutes of the Gardnerian tradition, which is fine, and it most certainly works for them. In the Alexandrian tradition, there's there's certain rules of, and of course, you know, we have uh, dogmas and things, but but the, do, the, the idea of an absolute, it's really quite strange. Just mm. because uh, we do, um, we do uh, practice our craft in a, in a very flow, flow you know, way, we, we don't really have absolutes, absolutes, because it, it will constrain the way that things can happen and the spontaneity, etc., etc., that enters into sometimes some rituals. And you do need that. So the absolute of the high priestess being the representative of the god and there's no emphasis on the high priest it's really not because of i think uh the the way that it's logistically set up i think that we do understand it in a different way because um we, we understand the mysteries are different way than I think and we put emphasis on different things than mm. the Gardnerians. Um and, and, and perhaps the, the mysteries of the 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 priests themselves right. are a little bit more developed. Yes. Um well we do you know. have the we do have the um the the ritual um the opening of the temple, right, which is something that we do with the priests um in uh, the Alexandrian practice, which mm. which is again, it is an observation of a couple of things that uh, it's a setup um, of the space and in preparation for not only of the people but f for the space as well. So it really is of the priesthood. So it really is. Um, it, it is a little bit. I don't know if it is more developed. I just feel that there is a better consciousness of it mm. in our practice. It's sometimes, you know, we all, the people of the craft always say that we are a fertility-based, well, a, a yeah. polarity-based fertility cult. Right. And, of course, you need both poles. Um, right. It's, right. It's, a, it's a joy to know that both poles are developed within this tradition. Well, it's, it's, it's inevitable, isn't it? It's definitely a different it? experience for me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is, <laughs> it is absolutely inevitable because if this is a fertility cult, that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, so, yes. And then uh, there was one question once that I, I saw 
about this specific topic exactly. It was, you know, oh, you know, there's always someone that goes into the other extreme. You know, why is the God not really um, mm. emphasized? And why, why is, is there, he gone? Why, yes. why is he gone? Why that. did he disappear? <laughs> um, it didn't really actually disappear. He's, he's, um, and the, the, there was a very good answer for that uh, mm. in, in, in the, at the time. Um, he, he, the God, uh, in our view, ta- take, it's a different role. So it takes mm. a different role, and therefore, you know, it really isn't gone at all. It's actually there every it's just different. time, and it's just different. It's, the perspective mm. is a little bit different. Um, exactly. So, yes, yeah, so the, the, there is a very, uh, I would say, in terms of, Gardnerian and Alexandria. I think that the the God uh, the, I know of of Gardnerian practice that actually um, does emphasize the God a lot, and and so mm. this is not really across the board. We shouldn't be saying oh the Gardnerians, um, because that's not true at all. And I think that there are groups who are working um, exactly like uh, I think like we do. But I mm. think that um, the basic, right? So how is that the basic? Um, there is, uh, you know, the mysteries of the God are very much, you know, celebrated. in uh, Absolutely. Yeah. In Absolutely. Days. And it's, um, it's kept, it's celebrated in a way where it, it, the mysteries are seen, of the God is seen clearly right. throughout the year, which is, which is quite... Of course, it's different from Nao Wicca. We're not. <laughs> there's right. no question about it. But it is for some for a seeker from the outside mm. to, I think, see an experience. I know myself. It was for myself the case mm. to see an experience that, for the first time, you really get an idea of how this really is working. Right. It's. Uh, it tends to be a little bit of a um, an unclear mixed mythology when you're on the outskirts of it and not initiated but it really there's a clarity about what these particular mysteries entail and how they're worked with inside of the magic circle Mm -hmm. well the other thing is uh how um and it's very interesting because this comes about as well a lot uh about gay um priests and and, uh you know and how this you know, if it is a fertility cult, how does that work? And uh, and then again, you know, the practice of the Gardnerians is a little bit different in terms of that as well as we have it in ours. But it, it really, the in terms of the higher mystery, so it's really different a little bit. But um, there's no difference in terms of uh, polarity work. Polarity work is polarity work. It doesn't really matter mm. who you slip with <laughs> so a lot of people ask the question of what is the place of a gay can a gay man work polarity absolutely yes well it's 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 called it, well you just said it gay man he's a man mm. he's not just you know he doesn't precisely so mm. it really is uh it doesn't really matter you can you can of course you can of course you can. Mm. And, and the, the other thing is that, you know, people are very... But the thing is, if you have... The problem is, is with luggage, isn't it? I mean, if, if you bring <laughs> luggage into the practice of the craft, and this is, this is the thing, right? They, they do bring that in, yeah. and then they want, the, they want the tradition to adapt to their baggage... Instead exactly. of them transform themselves and adapt to, um, or let themselves transformed by the practice of the craft, which should be the you know the way to go. 
Precisely. The funny thing is that I think, you know, a lot of us might have had gender identification issues or whatever. You know, times have changed. But if it's a fundamental issue, there are many other traditions as well. Uh That's always the bit of a confusing thing for me, you know. If it is a fundamental problem um, and it's something that you're not going to agree with at all, Mm -hmm. um, there's many other traditions. And it's not a case of, oh, no, it's bitter or it's not bitter or, you know, it's just different and it caters for different kind of Right. Personality. Right. Uh, it's just that we in the Alexandrian tradition tend to not, we're not, it, the tradition can't bend its rules. It can't change out of what it is. Right. <laughs> because, right. Uh, like we've said so many times that then it stops being what it is. It's not a question of evolution. Of course, the tradition evolutionizes, but mm. in its core, it has a way of working. It's got a, mechanism of mm. working mm-hmm. and of course to change that would make it something completely different <laughs> right right mm. and it's you know there are certain fundamental principles within you know traditional wicca per se that i mm. think that are present in a couple of um, traditions that are part of that and mm. and they don't they won't um it will be something else, right? It's it's that thing about how how much of a cube you will chip off until it becomes a sphere, right? So it really mm. is becoming to conform something else. to your ideas, right? So it's really something that really um, I don't know. People sometimes tend to do, and it looks like I don't know about you, but I feel that there is this um, sentiment of or kind of way of thinking about the craft as an anarchy, that everything is possible and you can do whatever you want. Yes. Um, but Of course, but, we know. Actually, it's a funny story. I don't think initiates are by nature terribly anarchic. <laughs> you, no. They, they're not. You know, someone once said, I can't remember who it was, it was some famous person or some, some philosopher. I can't remember. I'm sure one of the listeners would know who it is. But he said... Do not chip away on and do not break things you can never hope to fix. Yes. You know, yes. if yes. do not break things down, you can never possibly build up again. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's absolutely right. And and it's and you lose, right, on that. You lose on mm. that. You lose on the experience of it. You lose on on um, you know all of that. And it really is. So what what I'm really very interesting um uh, what I'm really interesting about is the upcoming soiree in Cape Town. That's really... Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I think there's a, a, quite a bit of excitement for uh, many people who've looked for it for so long. Mm. Um, it's a funny story, though. Um, in South Africa, British, oh, to use the American term, British traditional witchcraft, is not. it's not as understood or n- known about you know talked about or mm. uh, people don't know about it it's it's quite an interesting thing i think in the 90s there were a lot of people who had a bit you know of a bit of scope around british traditional witchcraft mm-hmm. the alexandrian and Gardnerians, but it seems that that has changed a bit so it's an interesting experience having people coming about and asking about what is it really you can't really start with the alexandrian tradition you almost have to go right back to what is 
traditional Wicca. So it's a, it's a, very, it's a wonderful opportunity, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit daunting as well at times because you, you, you really have to look at how you present this as a first time. Of course, people can research yeah. and they can find the truth about it. But um, it is a bit of an interesting <laughs> experience. To, yeah, yeah. To... So what is the, the first question that people normally ask you in the soirees? I mean, we're, we're going to have a soiree in Boston as well uh, soon. But what is the, the question that people normally ask you about? One of the, the most commonest questions is, how, where do I begin? Um, where do I start? This is a hard thing. I have so much, so much sympathy for, for that question because mm. where do you start in an age of um, uncountable amounts of knowledge, um, uncountable amounts of books written? If you're interested in the craft, <laughs> where do you start? It's a hard one. It's, I think that's a, I think seekers or those interested in uh, witchcraft really struggles with that at the beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, My answer think, always, yeah, yeah, what is your answer? That's that's what I'm asking. I usually I look <laughs> at it from a perspective of I can only take myself as a as a. Um, uh, sort of measurement and see how did it make sense to me mm. is that you have to go and familiarize yourself with what is out there. Look at where this is coming from because there are so many strands of traditions and um, different ways of seeing things you would not know. Mm -hmm. You would not know where to start. So my answer was to them the first uh, for the first time is try and get as much information about what, where this is coming from, what this is about really. So the history of it, is that the history? Yeah. And, and we, I mean, I'm sure you guys do something similar where you have, you can give recommended reading, which is quite helpful these days oh, as yes. there are yeah, so yeah. many titles. Well, it's very interesting because, you know, in the seventies and sixties, my impression was that there was no, you know, and, and the movement was witchcraft. So it was not really Alexandrian Absolutely. or Gardnerian mm. or whatever. So it was just witchcraft. And, it, and of course, you know, when people came in and they would come in from either the Church of England or, you know, things like that, Catholic Church, and et cetera, mm. um, it, it was just coming out of that. So there was no way to, there's no history. They were the history, right? <laughs> So, exactly. So there exactly. was no. So there was different no, scene that, yeah, that happened in. Yeah, and 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 so they didn't know. They didn't know um, anything, and they were, they would come in and they would sit and listen, and um, and and the basic principles would set would be you know set up and told, and 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 conversations would go about it, but it really was not like we do today okay so do you really need and then you know do, why do they need to know the history i mean is it really necessary for them to be in the craft to know the history of it i mean how you know something that, I've, is that i suppose the in the one hand no it's not important uh because we have this you know this uh, cult teaching that says when the student is ready the teacher appears but yeah. you're sitting with another problem today that because there are so many different forms of the craft and and it's quite public mm. people come to the soirees and have impressions of what 
this is mm. without having done the research, which can be problematic because if you just say, okay, you know, in history is not important, let's, they might very quickly decide that this is not for them. Mm. So instead of going all the way down that road, going through initiations, and then, well, of course, we never be that silly, but, you know, they have to know whether, in my opinion, where they are before that initiation happens. Well, I think that that's when the questions come in. So, and and this is why, you know, sometimes the soirees are very helpful because people mm. come in and ask questions. Sometimes they just kind of meet you and they ask the questions that they want to ask and then they will have the answers of, uh, you know, to those questions and that will clarify the basics for them to see if Absolutely. this is actually a path that they need to pursue or not. Um, mm. I, uh, you know, the history is very good and of course, you know, there's nothing worse than somebody actually to, um, <laughs> that you're, you're having a conversation or an initiate that doesn't really know. Um, you know, who Alex and Maxine is or, you know, or, <laughs> you know, or Gerald true. Gardner I mean, or, you know, or... It uh, might not seem important to people who've been in the craft for a very long time, but right. you've got to remember that there are people who sometimes have the spark to want to go in there, but they have no idea of what it is they want to get into. They've seen something on TV. They've seen it on a TV right. show. Right. And of course that <laughs> clarification needs to happen. And I just find a yeah. good way is to lead them into a direction where they can have reading material right. that is legitimate. And yeah, I don't yeah, know. Well, I, I think that, so <laughs> what, would you, what would you recommend if someone is listening to us right now? What would it be the first book? If they want, if they want one book, and, and that is the one book that they have to have, um, to have an idea uh, if this is actually, it, it, or that have the information that would eventually make them, you know, say, oh, okay, so this is something that I want, or no, 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 this is not what I... It would be hard for me to say one, but there's two. There's two for the Alexandrian tradition, not necessarily for the craft at large, uh -huh. but for the Alexandrian tradition, in my opinion, that I always recommend to seekers or people interested on this side is I do recommend What Witches Do by Stuart Farrow, mm -hmm. as I do feel that the book was written in the, in the London coven. Mm -hmm. A lot of the scenarios inside the coven is documented in that book. I thought it was f wonderful. Mm -hmm. And the other one would be Maxine's biography, Fire Child, as mm -hmm. what is important in that book is besides it being a biography, it is a book of anecdotes mm -hmm. of a witch going through experiences in training mm -hmm. um, inside the Alexandrian tradition. Mm -hmm. Of course, that mm -hmm. wasn't that at that point. Right. But um, mm. that's the other book that I would recommend. And I do find that people, I know that for me, that book's clarified that this tradition was right for me. Right. Right. Out of what I saw in that, because that was what I was looking for. And right. I never could, I never knew what it was. Right, right. So yeah. this is for what it was and, and uh, what it is, right? So it's really interesting. Mm. Um, there are other books uh, that... For that the Alexandrian tradition? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There's, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. You uh, can maybe speak about that a bit. Well, um, there's A Voice in the Forest, but this, the, the, A Voice in the Forest is a very beautiful book. It really is very well written. It's by Jamal Defiosa. That would have been... 
another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, not because, you know, but it really is very interesting because it does say, um, it does tell a lot about, uh, you know, and, and it's very interesting because that book was, was written a long time ago and uh, it is, in itself, it's unique just because of the situation. Absolutely. Uh, it is a coven of uh, witches that um, try to communicate with Alexander's uh, 10 years after his death. Um, so the spirit of Alexander. So it's really interesting to see what, you know, what comes up. The other one is um, uh, All the King's Children, which I think that it's really interesting because it brings in different experiences of different uh, priesthood. So it's mm. the book about All the King's Children, meaning, you know, all of the initiates or some of the initiates of the Alexander tradition. Some of them are first degree, second, you know, third degrees, depending on, you know. But it's a different story from different countries, different stories of people and mm. how they came about the craft. How did they actually came in? How did they find out about it? And why are they in the Alexandrian tradition. It, it really is very interesting because I think that most of the people are exactly in that particular point where they don't know um, and they perhaps would like to hear some stories of people that actually were in the same situations once with, that they are now and that they can actually relate to. So that is a very good one, I think, as well. Mm, um, absolutely. There's couple of them. But, coin, you know, don't forget coin. I've been, oh, coin, for the, uh, coin for the fairy man, yes. It's another one which is, which is a biography from, for Alex, yeah. Just to go back to voice, it, it's an interesting book that because a, a, a student that's in preparation for initiation just finished that book and it was interesting to see her response to it because mm -hmm. the first thing that one gets out of it is the amazing almost awe-inspiring idea of this contact with an elder of the craft beyond death. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing that strikes you. But it's a funny thing because reading that book after initiation, it contains a whole other layer, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, other layer of experience. So you read it in a bit of a different view. Right. And there are some wonderful, wonderful things in that book, in the, especially in the unedited channeling sessions which I really think is, it doesn't matter if you think this really happened or not. I think it's relevant mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. any initiate. Oh, yeah. yeah um, absolutely. Reading that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I think that that's absolutely true. Now, um, looking forward for your soiree, are you? Because you're going to be... Very uh, much. So this is, this is, where is this? Uh, this where? is actually in Cape Town. It's in a, an area in Cape Town called Somerset West. Mm -hmm. which is beautiful. It's um, on the, oh, goodness, you know, I'm Afrikaans in my home language and sometimes words evade me at the moment. But it's like on the on the bottom of a mountain, like at the, you know, mm. um, it's beautiful with the ocean and everything. So it's a wonderful setting for, of course, for anything magical. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see and meet these um folk who are interested in the tradition um it's it's quite exciting to to find you know to see and meet others who share that same fire mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well um, yeah well the the one the, the one in boston is going to be in my apartment 
And so <laughs> mine is usually in my in my house's living room. I think it's wonderful. Oh yeah. Um, well, it's a different it's a different setting depending on the cities and and all of that. So, uh, is someone hosting this? I mean, of course you are you are hosting it, but um, but I'm hosting someone... it, and I've got a, a, a an interested individual offered up his home for this um, soiree, which is quite wonderful. Oh, wonderful! Um, yeah. Yes. Um, Oh, that's very it's going nice. to be quite exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, where people just to to kind of reiterate this um, this uh, particular um, you know uh, way of contacting you, for instance, for these things, you do have a group in Facebook called um, yes. Alexander Witchcraft um, South Africa, um, and uh, they can contact you there. So that's you know, I've awesome. got that one, and then I've always been a little old school with witch vox. I've always yes, yes, kind uh, of enjoyed witch vox because it's a whole different. It is, yeah. Caliber. Yeah. It, it's like the people contacting me from witch vox on the Facebook mm-hmm. kind of people, which is which is quite nice. It's a different. Uh, people with different perspective oh, yes, on the craft. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, didn't, yeah. you know, no, come yeah. from a different no, viewpoint. Absolutely, yeah. So now this this is uh, so this is the first episode. We're going to, to bring new questions on the next one, um, and you know, if you're interested in um, making uh, a question or asking a question, you can always contact us um, either on uh, Ron's uh, website or um, via Twitter or whatever. You can actually ask the questions because these questions are going to be um, featured in the show if you want to um, and you can comment on this this is very interesting because this um, the bumpers um, is uh, the website or the provider for the podcast Um, bumpers has a app that you can actually download but it's only on iphone so it's really kind of a Bumber, bummer. Um, but um, you can also uh, go to the, their website and listen to the podcast that way, or on Twitter as well, or on Facebook. So we'll probably share it on the Facebook groups as well. Yeah, so as well. it's That's it's good. it's going to. Yeah. And if you want to, uh, you can as a comment or anything, you can just add your questions, and then we'll pick them up uh, for the next show. Um, and that's it. <laughs> Wonderful. I think it was a. Yeah, I, I hope everybody enjoyed it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we'll be we'll, back we'll with a. We'll, we'll be back with another one.